Whoever is listening, welcome back. My name is Grayson Man. This is the Man with the Plan podcast, episode 40. 40 episodes. It's a really, I guess, when you do these weird episodes where you're kind of like going through how did we get here? We've done so many episodes. I remember, I always bring this up. I remember being in the attic and it was really cold one night. And this is when I knew I loved it. I was editing one of these videos. I was trying to figure out the sound. And I think I ended up losing feeling in my hand. I was like, oh, it's kind of cold up here. And then I was like, oh, it's not cold up here anymore. So I continued to edit. And then I went outside in the the frog room, I guess, if you want to call it that. And I was like moving my fingers. And it was I was, oh, this is kind of cold. <laughs> but guys, as always, thank you for the support. You continue to pour on the podcast. 40 episodes in. We have some big stuff coming up. I'm in contact with some interviews. I'm excited. Any athlete, again, that wants to promote their brand, the NIL deal is still fresh in all of our minds. That is something to look forward to. If you are looking for an incentive to stay along, guys, I promise the bigger and better things are coming, especially when we move back to Clemson and we can make a more committed schedule. Football is another thing you should be ready for. It'll be my first time as a podcaster to where I get to experience from beginning to end because we'll be starting training camp very soon. To talk about just training camp a little bit, there's a lot of pressure going around. Each year, there's always teams and players with looking. They're looking around and saying, where do I need to prove myself? What are the big storylines? So let's just quickly wrap through those. Today, we're going to talk about the NBA Finals. The best player on the court, Giannis, is having an amazing, amazing series. But is his team really capable of carrying him and helping him out? Because... He needs an assist, big time. No, no basketball pun there. Just he, he needs help. We're gonna talk about Poirier McGregor, the event that was UFC 264, I believe, and what happened following the aftermath of McGregor breaking his leg. We're gonna talk about Arch Manning, his potential, and what the NIL can do for him, and then answer your questions that range from my experience as a football player to Aaron Rodgers. He's always there. He's kind of like a a, a shadow. You don't really see him that much, but when he makes an appearance, you you know he's there. It's always casting over you. It's a really weird analogy that I just came up with, but uh, I promise I didn't try to come up with that or like practice that in front of the mirror before I started. I promise, because that was actually pretty lame. But, so I mentioned earlier training camp. Everybody's looking around. Everybody's looking for a storyline. Everybody's looking for pressure. What are we going to put ourselves? Where are we going to cast ourselves on? I came up with a couple names just as I was prepping. I wanted, obviously, Tua as with the Dolphins. There were a lot of rumors that Deshaun Watson was going to be the QB, that Tua was not the guy they were looking for. Some players even turning on him. We'll see what Tua does with a full season. I think that it's interesting to look around him and see that not a lot of rookie QBs had a season like Tua where you were initially told that you're just going to be a practice guy for a year, learn the system, learn to be a pro, and then get thrown into the system after Fitzpatrick put an impressive win against a San Francisco team that was still on that Super Bowl high, and then you were flip-flopped like you were changing shoes for different events of the day because it was, oh, Tua struggling, let's bring in Ryan. Oh, Ryan struggling, let's bring in Tua. And it was kind of like this inconsistency that really I feel could have divided the locker room. So that's something to look out for. San Francisco, Trey Lance versus Jimmy Garoppolo. How is that going to turn out? Trey Lance, the North Dakota State first-round pick, is a phenomenal prospect. But Jimmy Garoppolo, in a year that he's probably going to be looking to get traded, look to increase his value. We'll see how that pans out. It always starts in training camp. How many reps, how many 
first team snaps are you going to take? Another team that I really want to watch for is New England because Mac Jones versus Cam Newton. A video came out, Cam Newton saying he felt the best he's ever felt since 2016 and where he separated. It was a big shoulder injury that's plagued his career for the last couple of years. Another team that I really don't think anyone's going to be paying attention to, I want to see how the free agent signings of Houston will work out. I want to see how David Culley puts together a team that's really been cast aside and thrown as the team that will have the number one pick by April, probably picking Spencer Rattler or Sam Howell out of North Carolina and Oklahoma, respectively. How do they come together as a team? Does Tyrod Taylor finally get a shot? Does he become a quarterback that can win games, bring together a team that's not necessarily fantastic on paper, but as a team does something really beautiful and really special? Those are some stuff that I'm looking at for training camp. As for when it starts, we'll be covering it. We'll be talking about it. Anything interesting? Training camp injuries, they're bound to happen. Training camp storyline studs. Oh, Jordan Love's going to be one. Obviously, we've talked about him before. The whole fiasco with Aaron Rodgers, we'll get into that later. Let's move into the NBA Finals because it's a very unique series. And something I want to touch on before we get into the players and the stats and all that stuff is how much it means to these cities. In Game 3, before they started to the main program, the main quarter. I was watching, and they went through these watch parties, the Deer District. They went back to Phoenix. There was a full stadium of people in there, not to watch a basketball game on, like, the court. They were watching it from, the, from like, the podium, from the stand where the TV is, I guess, where they're playing the game. It was this big, giant watch party. You could really tell how much it means to these cities. And I think that's something that's really unique about a NBA Finals that is not dominated by LeBron. It's not dominated by a, um, a Steph Curry and the Warriors. Not really a super team. Teams that were built the right way through the draft. You acquired some players through trades, but nothing too insane like a Harden to the Nets. It felt earned and it feels special. Will we get that next year? Will it kind of return to our normal form? I don't know. But it's really cool to see how much it means to these cities and these players because it makes me as a fan want to invest in it. And I think I may have a little more bias because... We're finally out of this pandemic. We're finally out of this stage where there's going to be people in the stands. There's going to be people watching a full crowd. People are excited, and it makes me excited. And I think as a consumer, it's really good for the NBA that these cities and these players have a lot behind them. There's not really stakes in terms of legacies are on the line. Will LeBron get his fourth championship? Will Michael Jordan be passed or something like that? It's new players trying to build their own stat line, their new finals records, these are players that are looking to prove something, to put themselves on the map. And that's something that you really can't replace and something we don't get often. So I think it's something we really need to appreciate. As for the series itself, it's been home team takes the win so far. I noticed a pattern when I was watching it with my brother. It was in the first quarter. It was very back and forth. You really had to see who was going to make the better shots, who had the most momentum. By the second quarter, it was really evident who was going to win the game. And games one and two, Phoenix started to take control. They really pass the ball well. They really shoot the ball well, especially behind that crowd. In game three, Giannis Antetokounmpo dominated. He is so amazing at basketball. He really, to me, it's almost frustrating because I start to armchair QB and I'm like, just drive because he's so freaking talented. He can just use the amount of strength that he has. His immense, I guess he's such a force. He's such a statue. People don't really understand how just amazing it really is to see. And we're always focused on what he can't do. And I think it's just let Giannis play great defense. Let him shoot a couple mid-range shots per game. 
but he's really great inside the paint where he can use his strength to dominate. Centers that aren't really as big as him or people that try to match up against him, he is really, really fun to watch. I love it, and I think I just love this series. As for a winner, I'm still sticking with Phoenix. I think that Milwaukee, their team around them, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, I'm not confident that they can step up. They had good stuff in Game 3. I think Game 4 will tell us a lot tonight because I think that if Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday are consistent, it's not all on Giannis to put up 50 points and 50 rebounds. But, I mean, it's, it's like he's capable of doing that. It almost does. It's almost surreal to me because I just love it. I love the series. I love the players, CP3. I, it's at a point where I wouldn't mind either team winning, and I wouldn't mind any other star shooting, going crazy, and making their own legacy because it's this newness to me. It's this... I don't have a familiarity when I'm watching the finals. I'm used to LeBron dominating. I'm used to Steph Curry pulling from the logo. It's nice. It's really fun. Like when Toronto won, it was a new team, new team with a new legacy. That's something I can really appreciate. I will say Suns and Six right now, and unfortunately for that Suns and Four guy, you're going to have to rethink your merchandise, I guess. All right, I want to also briefly, briefly talk about Poirier McGregor. It was an event that I watched this weekend in Beaufort with my friends. If you guys are on that trip, you were awesome. It was so much fun. Might have had a little injury. Note to self, don't surf with the tube rope. That's for next time. But Poye McGregor, it was quite the event. There were a lot of great fights. There were a lot of, you really felt like you were back in this This really, and it's the same thing with basketball. Good for the consumers that bought the show, bought the pay-per-view, Watch the finals. There were fans there. Fans make sports what they are. It's so great. It's so fantastic. And Poirier McGregor is always an event because Conor McGregor, if you love him or you hate him, you got to respect how much he is just a force in boxing. Not in terms of like his skill because I can't talk jabs and strikes and all of the analytics behind that, but the way he brings in money, the way he brings in events. I mean, Jake Paul has been trying to fight him for a year. A lot of people emulate his swagger his cockiness his walk and Poirier is like he's the only villain that is from America that I'm like wow I I I never really see myself rooting against the American but I want to see Connor win I want to see that energy he was after breaking his own leg was still talking so much smack we won't repeat it because it's kind of vulgar but and I also couldn't really understand it either because he was just in so much pain he was out of his mind the adrenaline must have been insane I loved it and you can really tell especially when they started doing the Irish flag colors and they're walking in and they're not touching gloves I was like oh it's the event time and then Joe Rogan sitting there Joe Rogan the podcasting idol as my friend Sam would like to put it is just sitting there asking him well what do you think and Connor's like it's not over it's not over I was like oh I think it is over buddy your ankle is in another direction but it was great I'm sure they'll fight again I'm sure Connor will be back with a vengeance and a passion but it's so much fun to watch. There's something just so great about it being an event that you don't get every week or every other day with basketball. It's something that comes like once every couple months, so you really have to appreciate it for what it is at the time, and anything can happen, which is what makes it so special and so unique, and that's just what I love about boxing is that I'll buy a couple pay-per-views per year and just enjoy the spectacle and the event. And speaking of spectacle, we're going to talk about Arch Manning real quick. So, I'm sure you guys have all seen this Clemson camp throw that Arch Manning makes to DJ's younger brother, who's going to be a tight end. I think his name's, I'm not very sure on that, but I wanted to just talk about the potential of Arch Manning because we all know that when 
you see the last name Manning, you think of Peyton Manning, Denver Broncos, Super Bowl champion, Indianapolis Colts legend, passing records that have never been broken before, broken by only him. You think of Eli Manning, the guy that was the Patriots' kryptonite in 2007, the guy that, again, defied all odds, Mario Manningham, David Tyree. There was always that little nephew named Arch Manning that was watching those games, that was internalizing all of it. He's been a part of Manning Passing Academy ever since he could talk. And the potential of another Manning, not just in college, but the NFL, is something that I think a lot of people are ready to see. And I'm something that I'm really excited for, especially now that we know that college football is going to change forever. Are we going to start to see Arch Manning with his uncle, Uncle Peyton, in an Allstate commercial or a freaking Papa John's commercial? There's going to be so many great things about that. The potential of Arch Manning is insane. I think that, excuse me, in terms of hyped QBs, I've seen things like Trevor Lawrence, Deshaun Watson, Quinn Ewers, Justin Fields, Matthew Stafford. There's a lot of people that are buying in on this Arch Manning hype, and I've seen his games, I've seen his throws, he's very special, he's clearly got the characteristics of a Manning, and I think I need to talk about this too, is what it could benefit for a small school, because Peyton Manning didn't go to Ohio State, Eli Manning didn't go to Clemson or Alabama, does Arch Manning go to a school that's not traditionally huge, and kind of follow the footsteps of his uncles? Does he go to an Ole Miss, does he go to a Tennessee? A school like Tennessee would be interesting because they're kind of in a college football hell right now and like their purgatory which would be very fun to see I'd be very curious to see how that plays out I think Arch Manning could surprise us all go to a I don't want to say like a Vanderbilt that'd be crazy but he could go to maybe a Mississippi State he could maybe go to Tennessee he could maybe go to a smaller program just because that was art that was Peyton and Eli they were great recruits that went local they went to schools that weren't necessarily the top of the food chain which is something that I respect and I really would love to see because imagine Arch Manning taking out Alabama with the Mississippi State Bulldogs and imagine the deals that he could get with the NIL. That could also impact it. Or Arch Manning on USC with the Trojans. Arch Manning playing for Texas, playing for Georgia, playing for maybe even Clemson. Maybe that's where he wants to go. But I mean, hey, if you wanted to get viral on Clemson campus, you might as well come back and help us out when we, uh, when we need it in a couple years after Cade and DJ take off. But that'd be kind of cool. I think that Arch Manning's potential is insane. I think that he's, it's just a waiting process. We're going to have to wait and see how he turns out, how he pans out. We're going to have to see if he's worth the hype once he gets to college. We'll see when Elite 11 comes by in a couple years. We'll see in 2023 if Arch Manning is, in the word of the meme, that guy, pal. All right, we're going to take a short break. When I return, your questions answered from... Myron, Ben DeLillo, Nick, and Josh. We're going to talk about Aaron Rodgers. Some former NIL stars, what could have been? And what's the deal with Stefan Gilmore, the Patriots corner? And what is my experiences with varsity? Any stories that I want to tell? This is Grayson Mann, the Man with the Plan podcast. We'll be right back. And we are back. This is the Man With The Plan podcast episode 40. 40 episodes. That's just insane. You guys are crazy. I didn't imagine doing 40 podcast episodes. I really honestly, I was like, eh, maybe like 5 or 10 and we'll just like see if I can get a template out. But I've honestly enjoyed it so much. I love it. You guys are all the reason why. We're on Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, 
Google Podcasts, Audible, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. Guys, thank you so much. As always, if you skipped ahead, you missed NBA Finals talk, some training camp talk. We talked Poirier McGregor, the potential of Arch Manning, and now we're going to talk about the questions that you guys submitted. I picked four of y'all's questions to celebrate 40 episodes of this podcast. And as you guys know, the best is yet to come. More interviews, more content. Football is coming around the corner. I am very excited about it all. And of course, we'll be right here to talk about it, to record it, and analyze it from every angle that I could possibly find. Because I like to do that. It's fun. I love football. So let's start with the first question. It comes from my guy, Myron, who is also going to do an interview very soon. You guys need to look out for that. What is the deal with Aaron Rodgers? So... Aaron Rodgers is a complicated fella, as you guys know. He's a little all over the place. He's a little bit of, he's got a little bit of ego, but I mean, all stars usually do. It's not like a bad thing. You can have a healthy ego. You have to be confident in yourself to be able to succeed. I would say that Aaron Rodgers is, is very interesting because a lot of people, it's very split. You either love Aaron Rodgers, you're a Packers fan, you think he's super talented, he's the best ever. Or you don't think he's the best leader in the world. You think he's got a couple issues he needs to work out. At the Capital One match, Aaron Rodgers said on his future, we'll see. I don't know if I'll be in a Packers uniform. And I think it's been a circus all season with this Aaron Rodgers, all off season with this Aaron Rodgers debacle, as I want to call it. Because to me, it's very simple. Aaron Rodgers is either going to get traded or he's going to retire. I really doubt if he's going to become a Green Bay Packer yet again. I think there's so much bad blood. I think the Jordan Love thing was probably the final straw. And then when he won MVP and they weren't able to do anything in free agency, it was yet again another just straw that broke the camel's back. He was done. He did not want to put his time and effort into the Packers organization anymore. Why would he do it? So, to answer your question, Myron, I think Aaron Rodgers is probably going to play the Brett Favre card and get his way out of Green Bay at any means possible. It's very ironic that... uh. Yet again, the quarterback that he replaced is the probably going to be the same way that he goes out because I think that there's a couple teams that eventually you could hold on to Aaron Rodgers throughout training camp. He doesn't have to play. He's got the money to be able to sit out, but you don't want to have to give that up one that kind of cash anyways. But let's say Aaron Rodgers doesn't play for Green Bay and like four weeks in, Ben Roethlisberger goes down or four weeks in, you have an injury or the Denver Broncos situation isn't very well or you have something that comes up and Aaron Rodgers' trade value goes up, Green Bay could play that leverage and try to get Aaron Rodgers in a system that works for him, that works for Green Bay. Green Bay can get value out of it and move on with Jordan Love. That is what I'm thinking. I think they're going to play hardball, or Aaron Rodgers is simply going to just walk away. This one comes from Nick. Which former NIL stars, or I guess college football stars, could have benefited from a deal like the NIL. So I think that you have to look at many players and it goes way, way back because there were behaviors that could you could have analyzed. I think that I want to focus on a couple. Johnny Manziel, I want to focus on Vince Young, Reggie Bush, and I think I want to also focus on Tebow because I think those four are some of the biggest college football stars ever. I want to start with Manziel because I think Manziel... He would have been Money Manziel and more, and I also believe that he would have been drafted higher, and hear me out on this. I think Manziel was a very complicated character in college. I think a lot of people didn't like the way he carried himself. 
A lot of people thought he wasn't NFL ready. His style, the play, wasn't very good for the NFL. He was a very mobile quarterback. He escaped the pocket. He was very afraid to drive the football down the field. And when the pocket broke down, in an instant, he would try to get out and make a play with his legs. And sometimes it would really work out and it'd be very, very good plays. But in the NFL, when everybody's just as fast as you, escaping out of the pocket necessarily doesn't work all the time. And when you don't have the best arm to be able to make up for it, like a Josh Allen or your Russell Wilson, things tend to fall apart. So I think Manziel, it wasn't helping himself that he was controversial and it wasn't helping himself that he was getting in trouble with his autograph stuff. And I think the NIL really could have benefited because A, Manziel would have made a really insane amount of money. And I think he wouldn't have been as controversial or viewed in a such a terrible light. I think Dallas could have taken a chance on him. That controversy wouldn't have been as heavy if college football players were getting paid. Let's focus on another one, Reggie Bush. Obviously, Reggie Bush retains his Heisman Trophy if he uh, didn't have any trouble with the NCAA. The rules at the time dictated that Reggie Bush would have to forego his Heisman Trophy, give it up. It's very complicated there. I think Reggie Bush would have really benefited because he was one of the best running backs to ever play college football. I think Vince Young, that Rose Bowl game alone would have made so much money for these players because he was it was pretty much crowned as one of the greatest college football games ever. And a lot of those guys were NFL players in the making. I think that would have been an insane game in terms of revenue. I think the NCAA would have pounced on that opportunity. It would have been something insane. And then we have to obviously discuss the NCAA's crowned jewel in Tim Tebow. Tebow's an interesting character because I don't know what he would have done with that NIL money or what kind of deal he could have crafted up. Would it have been something along the lines of like a Christian sponsorship or would he have tried to use his religion in a more, I guess he would have tried to put it out more? I don't know, but I think he winning the Heisman Trophy, being one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play in college football, could have also really benefited from the NIL. And that is your answer to your question, Nick. Ben DeLillo asks, what is going on with Stephon Gilmore? I think it's very easy. I think Gilmore wants to be a Patriot. And Belichick will always play this game. He doesn't want to play this. I'm going to sacrifice one player's salary for the entire team. He's a very team-oriented guy. It's how he won six Super Bowls. He had Brady who bought into it. Take pay cuts for the team and try to make it better. I don't think there's going to be a trade. I don't think there's going to be a lot of nonsense. I think you're going to see Gilmore in a Patriots uniform. I think it's a little bit of hardball, but I think Gilmore will eventually cave in. I want to save this one for last. This one comes from Josh. What is your experiences? What lessons have you learned from playing varsity football? Obviously, I played varsity football. It's one of the reasons why I love football so much, sports in general. I played varsity football for four years. Now, when I played, I was always considered one of the smallest guys on the team. I was never a strong person. I never really was the guy with the most muscles and the most skill. I had to really work to earn my starting job. And those who are listening, yes, we only had 18 people on the team, but it was something that I always feel like I had to prove to myself. And I think for a lot of football players, it's starting to become a game that's not defined by size anymore. You have quarterbacks like Drew Brees. You have quarterbacks like Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray who are starting to define that. You have skinnier players like slot receivers. You have Cole Beasley, Andy Isabella. You have a Julian Edelman, Wes Welker, guys who are normally not as tall but can still make really great impact and really do well on the field. For me, it was always simple. I think that you have to take advantage of every opportunity, Josh. I think you have to make every play, every rep like it's your last because once it goes, I think that the experience with your brother's experiences with those football teams, you're never going to forget them. 
they're always going to live in somewhere in that memory bank. They're going to be in your heart. You're going to want to come back to the program and do everything you can. Shout out to Coach Myers for uh, convincing me to come back. I think, Josh, varsity football is something that you, you don't really learn. It's something that you have to experience. It's something that you have to take in stride and just take all the information in you can really have day by day. It's something that's really beautiful and that anyone can play football and you can instantly be somebody's best friend. I have best friends through football that I'm still talking to and will talk to for the rest of my life. It's something that like that. I had, I mean, I lived with the guy that I played football with because of uh, he had a family thing and he had to uh, had his mom working in Georgia, so he stayed with us for a semester. But I would have never met him if it was for uh, if it wasn't for football. So that's something that I really think that you should take away from it. it every experience matters. Those guys are going to be your family. Those guys are going to be your brothers. Work hard, earn your job, and just never let go of those moments and take it all in stride. Okay, that was episode 40 of the Man with a Plan podcast. Guys, if you enjoyed, as always, spread the word. Make sure this podcast is known everywhere you can go. Guys, this podcast is going places all because of you. I have only my just great community to thank. You guys are awesome. This was the Man with a Plan podcast, episode 40. Have a great week. Take care. And as always, thank you. Thank you.